to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Good evening, everyone. My name is Toby. Uh, thank you for joining the uh, ASHP Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. Uh, this series focuses on leadership topics with pharmacy practice, including business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transition, and more. Again, my name is Toby Hansbeth. I'm a third-year student pharmacist at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. And my name is Adam Sadiq. I am a third-year pharmacy student at the University of Houston College of Pharmacy. And the two of us have the privilege of being your host today as we sit down with Dr. Alfred Iwa, who is a current PGY2 Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership Resident at Houston Methodist Hospital. Today, we will be discussing leading from behind and the importance of leadership that goes unnoticed. Welcome, Alfred, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for that introduction, Adam and Toby. No problem. I'll get us started today with the first question. So, uh, Dr. Wa, Alfred? Do you mind just giving us a little introduction about yourself and what brought you here today? Absolutely. So um, again, I'm Alfred Awu, current PGY2 Health System Pharmacy Administration Leadership Resident at Houston Methodist Hospital. Completed my undergraduate at Georgia State University and got a Bachelor of Science in Biological Science. Then I went to get my Doctor of Pharmacy at the University of Georgia College of Pharmacy. And then finally, my Master of Science in Pharmacy Leadership and Administration from the University of Houston College of Pharmacy. But before all of the schooling started, um, I really had a, just a budding interest in pharmacy, I would say. Thinking back to elementary school and middle school, I always had an interest in math and science. And when we were tasked of writing about what we wanted to be and what we wanted to do when we grow up, when we were in high school, I gravitated towards pharmacy because I always wanted to work in the healthcare field. And thought about how I could best utilize my interest in math and science. And after doing some research, I found that what a pharmacist does really aligned with what I was interested in. And by the time I got to undergrad and took organic chemistry and found out that I enjoyed that and who, who would enjoy that actually, um, I was like, okay, this is, this is really something that I'm, that I'm interested in. And it was at the time where I started my first semester of pharmacy school at the University of Georgia is when I first got my my start in leadership, I had never been really involved in any organizations in high school or as an undergraduate student, but having wanted to be a pharmacist for so long and starting pharmacy school, I was just really on fire about everything that the profession had to offer and really embraced a lot of the leadership opportunities that were afforded to me. And that led me to start networking and start attending professional conferences where I had the opportunity to meet my current graduate program director, Divya Varki, at a conference and learn more about the pharmacy leadership crisis and really why there's a need to have this type of training for when our more seasoned practitioners retire. We need people that are well-versed and have the skills and the abilities to take on these higher-level leadership positions. And it was in that moment that I, I really committed myself to pursuing this type of residency training. and specifically here at Houston Methodist Hospital, just knowing the the number of leaders that are here and being able to practice in a Texas medical center and collaborate with all of the different pharmacy residents and pharmacy leaders. And it's really just a great place to learn and to exchange ideas and to really go through what the profession has to offer in terms of leadership and being able to support one another. And it's definitely something I'm extremely thankful for. And 
it's hard to believe after two years, I've learned so much thinking about where I was at when I first started compared to where I'm at right now. And I would say what really brought me here today to be able to speak to you all is, again, there were so many great and fantastic opportunities that I had through the, the University of Houston. Just to name one was the opportunity to speak to the Student Society of Health System Pharmacists at the University of Houston College of Pharmacy and be able to speak on my leadership journey, kind of what I'm doing right now and engage that student group in and really talk about why I'm interested in leadership and why it's important that we have leaders and the types of leaderships and share my story. And, and it might not be the same leadership story that everyone has, but just to give some insight onto the things that I do. And I'm extremely grateful for that platform and extremely grateful to be able to speak with you all today. Thank you, Alfred, for that. Um, so you started from, you know, your undergraduate decided to want to do pharmacy after organic chemistry. That sounds a little bit just like me. I was the same way. But it took me a while to go back to school for pharmacy, but definitely after organic chemistry, I was like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. So let's, let's give this pharmacy thing a try. And um, yes, I, I agree with you. I feel like leadership isn't really spoken a lot about that in pharmacy. And um, I have a background in, um, in the Army. I'm actually still in it right now. And as an officer, um, leadership is like really crucial to leading your soldiers and whatnot. And as I... Um, transition that to pharmacy school, I can see that lack of leadership that's in pharmacy. And uh, I think it's crucial that everyone in pharmacy can step up and, you know, take that mantle when called upon. And yeah, and I'm grateful that you decided that you want to do this and you're sharing your insight with everyone at Houston and, and to us. So I appreciate that, Alfred. All right. So um, let's move on to the second question. And um, so the, our second question is, um, when thinking about leadership, what is the first thing that comes to mind? And is there a particular role models that's the epitome of leadership in your eyes? Yeah, great question. So when I think about leadership, I think about the process of leadership itself and then also the action of leading. I like to think of accountability in a person or a group of people taking ownership of a process and seeing that whatever the outcome is, that outcome is achieved. I think that's one thing that comes to mind is definitely having accountability and taking ownership of things. And also, more importantly, what I think about when it comes to leadership is people. Your people are extremely important. No matter how good of a leader you are, you can't get it done as an individual. I like to think about sports and having a lot of analogies in regards to sports and pharmacy and, and other aspects of life. But in sports, you have the most valuable player. But to really win it all, to what everybody plays to win the championship, no one person can do it at all. It takes a group of people being engaged, takes a group of people holding themselves accountable to what the goal is, showing up, doing the best that they can do, and really working together as a team. So when I talk about people, what I, what I relate that to is, as a leader, it's very important to be able to get your team engaged. You're never going to accomplish it by yourself. As a director of pharmacy, you're never going to be able to take care of patients by yourself, not even alone with your management team. You have to have your frontline staff engaged. You have to be able to work with different groups of people and get them to see what the vision is and lead them to that common goal. And when the pharmacy, we talk about our goals of providing optimal patient care, providing safe patient care, not one person can do that alone. You need your people working in the IV room. You need your people who are verifying orders. You need your people that are delivering medications. 
it really takes a group of people and it takes those leaders to get those people to see the vision and get them engaged and motivated to do whatever it needs to be done to achieve what that goal is. And when I think about some of my role models and leadership, I would have to say my residency program director, Linda Haynes, is one person that comes to mind when I think about role models because she's so great at getting other people involved and engaged. Her style is not one that I've commonly seen. It's that she's she does such a good job in being able to connect and relate to different people that people really see her beyond a manager. They see her as a person because she sees them as more than an employee. And when you break those barriers to where your relationships are merely transactional and you get to see the people and you get to see a person for who they are and what they actually bring rather than just an employee, people feel more bought in in terms of wanting to accomplish whatever it is from a work perspective. People trust you more. They feel like they can relate to you more. And when people feel like they can relate to you more, then they're more willing to be able to do whatever it needs to be done to achieve what this goal is. So I say that style of leadership is definitely something that stood with me. And it's really one of the main reasons why I admire her. And as a leader, it, it really proves that you don't need to be in some type of dictatorship position or exhibit these types of behaviors to get people on the same board or to get people engaged. You can really treat people as individuals and treat people as people. And in doing so, you're able to be a good leader and you're able to guide people towards a common goal. Thank you for that, Alfred. And yeah, I do agree. Um, teamwork, your team that's involved with everything, it's crucial. It's the, the main gears in the machine that gets the mission or task accomplished. And um, I agree with your role model as well. If you can connect one-on-one with your teams, that's going down to the technicians or even the clerk. If you can connect to them one-on-one then, and you can express your vision of the goal with them, then they're more likely to join you and help you with that. And um, my role model in the military is... Um, Lieutenant Colonel Rivard, he he did the same thing with me. I was a, a very low-ranked second lieutenant, but he connected with me where I would pretty much die for this guy and I see his visions and whatnot. And when he gave me that chance to connect with him, and uh, ironically, he when he was in college, he used to work at a hospital in IV room, so that, that helped out a lot. But when he connected with me one-on-one in the individual level, I could see his vision of getting the mission accomplished. So I agree with that kind of style of leadership. If you can just connect to your guys, to your team, and that kind of personal aspect, then I think it helps to accomplish the task or the mission. All right. Thank you for that, Alfred. And we'll move on to our next question. And Adam? Yeah, thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Toby. Um, Now that we've discussed the importance of transitioning into a new generation of pharmacy leadership and um, concepts like engaging your team and frontline staff, um, especially with your example of your RPD, Alfred, Dr. Linda Haynes, that brings us to the perfect opportunity to transition to the topic of our podcast today, which is leading from behind. And for our listeners who might not know what that term actually means, Leading from behind is a leadership approach in which a leader empowers and supports their team members to take charge and make decisions, all while providing guidance and direction from the background. So, Alfred, in your opinion, what are the advantages of leading from behind and how does that contribute to the overall team dynamic? Yeah, thanks for writing that definition to the audience, Adam. When I think about leading from behind, I essentially define it as leading without a formal title, much like you alluded to, where your leaders are essentially delegating roles and responsibilities out to other individuals. 
there's a really good quote by Nelson Mandela that I like in which he equates that of a leader to a shepherd, essentially stating that the leader stays behind the flock and the group not realizing all along that they are being directed from behind. And what this means is that it's extremely important to to have your formal leaders from not only a reporting aspect, but from that sense of accountability and ownership that you're always going to have somebody that's laser focused on what the task is and keeps everyone on target. But you can only have one CEO of an organization or you can only have one president of a club. But much like I spoke to previously, you can't get it done by yourself. It's extremely important to empower others that might not have formal titles to be able to assume positions of leadership or to be able to display leadership attributes. And when I think about more of leading from behind, you can think about this like your frontline staff that are responsible for the order verification or the first to identify that an issue is going wrong with operations, whether that be the carousel is not working the way it's supposed to work. We're noticing this malfunction in our automated dispensing cabinet. And here are my suggestions on how to improve that. That's leadership. It doesn't take the formal title to identify that something is incorrect or something is wrong and to propose solutions. I think in doing that, then you're able to essentially manage up your managers or directors and hold them to what needs to be done. And because you've noticed that an issue is going wrong in operations and in doing so, you're demonstrating your leadership capacity coordinating things like in a student organization, although you might not be the president or the vice president in a a student organization or a student club, it takes leaders and it takes people to demonstrate leadership ability to organize events. You can't have one president or or one, one other leader within the organization plan at all. It takes different groups of people to make sure that the blood pressure station is going well and that the blood glucose checks are going well if you're you're talking about what organizing the health fair looks like. Although you might have one person that is the face of this event and who's going to hold everybody else accountable, you have delegation and that what that leader is doing and ensuring that all these other tasks can be followed up. And when you are able to take charge of smaller things, you're essentially leading from behind. And that these functions can't happen without those individuals that are leading from behind and it all doesn't fall on one person absolutely i 100 percent agree with you and i love how you distinguish the role that formal titles have within the world of leadership but how you can work around those as well and not keep them as a barrier from allowing the team to actually grow within itself um i also love that nelson mandela quote that you shared i think shepherding is a perfect way to depict leading from behind um because it's such an organic and seamless way to really get a team to realize its goals whatever those may be thank you alfred toby i'm going to hand it back to you for the next question all right yeah alfred i, I like that quote as well about the shepherd um i definitely agree with that uh, so moving on to the next question i know you mentioned uh, an example earlier and question three about the how you recommend uh, a recommendation with the um, medication dispense machine. But can you discuss a time when you led from behind? And if you have one, will you provide an experience that you had in the pharmacy field? Yes, absolutely. There have been many instances in student organizations where I did not hold a formal leadership position or have a role that was highly visible within the organization or within the club. As I spoke to executive boards and formal leadership roles are often limited in availability. 
However, things that I took upon myself were to volunteer to organize different events, contribute my ideas to different meetings, and just being present in the moment. All of these are ex different examples of how I was able to lead from behind. I didn't have the role, I didn't have the title, but I still took it upon myself to, to be involved. It doesn't take just the leader to be able to voice or to be able to volunteer for something to say, well, I'm not the president, so I don't need to attend this health care event, or I'm not the vice president, so I really don't need to speak up in the meetings and I don't need to attend the meetings. And I think when you shift your mindset to saying that I'm a contributing member of this organization, of this club, of this society, and you take that upon yourself to be engaged and you have the support of your formal leaders to be able to do so, then you have many different little else essentially being able to contribute and to be able to grow. And in doing this, this allowed me to gain the trust and recognition of my peers to eventually assume more formal leadership positions in the future. And that's, again, it's just an example of how you can essentially lead from behind. But if you really want to progress into something of a big L or a formal leadership title, those opportunities are available in the future. But being a little L or leading from behind it has many benefits to it. And organizations, societies, they can't see success unless you have those individuals, those leaders that are willing to delegate and you have the people that are willing to be engaged to take on those opportunities that might not be as glamorous as what it looks like to be the face of the organization, but are really doing the groundwork and setting up the logistics, doing all the behind the scenes coordinating that goes into making an event or service or whatever you name it, be impactful. Thank you for that, Alfred. Yeah. So essentially just got to take the initiative to do the stuff necessary behind the scenes, even though if you don't hold that uh, title as a leader and just continue doing that. And eventually those opportunities will come up. Uh, yeah, I agree with you with that. Um, I had many experiences where I didn't have a specific role, but I still did my part taking notes, uh, making suggestions where most of the time no one noticed unless someone wants to call it out. But a lot of times it does go behind the scenes and no one really does see it until you know the moment comes. But most of the times that stuff goes unnoticed and, and it's, again, crucial to getting to go uh, accomplish and whatnot. All right. I'm going to pass it on to Adam with question five. All right. Thank you, guys. I've loved the discussion so far. So when we're talking about leading from behind, uh, we want to apply that to pharmacy as a whole. And within that realm of pharmacy, there's a lot of different practice settings. There's community, there's hospital, there's industry. So Alfred, how do you think the concept of leading behind applies to the pharmacy profession as a whole? Right. Really good question. When I look at the profession of pharmacy, there's so many different leadership opportunities. And when I leadership opportunities. I don't necessarily mean the formal leadership opportunities, but there's so many opportunities to be able to be a part of something that's bigger to, bigger than yourself and really guide the group or guide an individual towards a common goal. When you look at a staffing pharmacist model, whether that be in a retail setting or a hospital setting, you only have one pharmacist in charge, but you have multiple pharmacists working, pharmacists directing workflow in regards to what that looks like for technicians. It just doesn't take the manager to say that this is what we're going to, this is what our operations are going to look like for the day, or this is what the workflow is going to look like for the day. Your manager isn't always going to be available on sites when you look at things like your evening or your night shift or the weekends. So it takes other leaders within the department, within the organization to be able to guide other people to 
be someone that others can look to for guidance and to have that knowledge. When I think about my time staffing in our central pharmacy, I'm not the manager. And I, although I have the, the title of being an administrative resident, that's not a manager or a director position. But I think engaging my staff, engaging the people that I work with, and being able to get them to see that I am bought into making sure that things run smoothly, people feel more comfortable talking to me about things and coming to me when they need guidance. And that's just a good example of what it means to lead from behind, because although I'm not their formal manager or their formal leader, I still have influence on them and doing the things that it takes to be a leader and to lead to where they view me in that same capacity that they would view their own manager. And when I look at the professional pharmacy globally, not even looking within, I think that there's a great opportunity for pharmacists to be leaders in regards to what the overall healthcare team looks like. When I look at the profession, we're currently not positioned to be in that big L type position. You can ask your patient who their physician is for the day or who their nurse is for the day. They'll be able more than likely to give you an answer. If you were able to say who my pharmacist is for today, not many patients will, will know that um, because we, we work in, a, in, in roles that aren't highly visible to patients or to their families, but that doesn't diminish the work and what we bring to the team. There are many instances in which pharmacists are able to intercept medication errors or optimize patient care. But the patient would never know that. It's really those that are more visible that they're able to see. But because we lack that visibility, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't provide the same quality care as our physician or our nursing colleagues. It just means that continue to do that, continue to lead from behind because we're focused on the goal itself and not so much the title or not so much being seen what we're doing we're accomplishing the goal and that's providing quality care for our patients. It's helping our patients get better. So you can apply the same logic to ensuring transitions of care, even though the patient might never know that you're highly involved with making sure that the medication that they were discharged on, they could afford that. You still aided in that patient being able to go home, leave the hospital and get the medication that they need to getting better. So the profession of pharmacy is very poised in terms of being leaders both within the profession and then outside looking globally and healthcare at large. Alfred, that's such an important point to make because like you said, we are frontline staff as pharmacy, but we're not the face of the healthcare team. Um, like you mentioned with the example of the patient not being able to name their pharmacist per se. Um, but I think that's a really great point that you made. And this sounds like a perfect opportunity for pharmacy to leverage this type of leading from behind leadership style. So with that being said, that transitions us to our next question. And you kind of alluded this in your example that you provided. But as little L leaders, how can you leverage your experience to become a big L leader if you have the desire to do so? Right. When you look at the experiences that you develop as a, a little L, you might say there are many of the same qualities and the same attributes that a big L might have in terms of getting a team engaged, being able to take accountability and ownership for a task or a process. And I think in doing so, People will notice. And again, I mentioned that there's only one president or 
typically there's only one type of leadership role per whatever it is that you're looking at, whether it be an organization or a service line. There's typically, for the most part, only one leader in that setting. But these leaders are never the first in their position and they're never the last in their position. So I believe that when you're engaged and you're leading from behind, people will notice. People will notice the work that you bring and notice that you're doing a good job. And when that time comes within the new organization or maybe in a different organization or another opportunity presents itself, you're well poised because you've developed those leadership abilities. And although you didn't have a formal title, you still developed a lot of the skills, the traits and the qualities that it takes to be in that big L position. And you have those big L's that are able to speak positively on your behalf, because even without the title, even without that formal recognition, you were able to demonstrate that you're a leader and you have that leadership potential. And in doing so, then you are able to move into a big L. And then now you have the opportunity to provide those opportunities for other up and coming little L's and getting them to take accountability for different tasks, engaging them. Hey, what do you think on this process? What can we do to make this better? Really giving them the opportunity to lead without that formal title, because we're all leaders in our own right, especially within the profession of pharmacy. One person can get it done on its own. It takes a group of people and it takes a really good leader to be able to delegate out and to engage their team members and something and leading them to something that is bigger than themselves and something that is bigger than themselves in this case is patient care, taking care of the patient, providing quality care. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that intentionality that one can bring to their little L position makes all the difference when incorporating those skills in to any future leadership opportunities that they may have. And as a pharmacy student, a lot of what you said resonates with uh, me, and I'm sure Toby can agree with me as well, because we are looking at the big L leaders. And while we do have leadership positions within pharmacy school, we are working towards, you know, the ultimate PharmD degree in which we can, you know, take up that mantle and be that for someone else in the future, whether it's students we precept or especially the patients we're going to be serving. All right. Thank you, Alfred. Essentially, we're all little L's in pharmacy school until we get that position that we desire after we become pharmacists and we're just working our way to that big L position. Thank you again, Dr. Um, Alfred Wa. Um, so this is the end of our podcast. Uh, I just want to thank again our guests again for coming through and um, uh, being here today to present and sharing us his experience and the importance of leading a leadership from behind. Um, also, I just want to thank our um, podcast group with the uh, ASHP Pharmacy Student Forum. Casey, Fate, and Adam and myself, we worked together this past almost a year uh, on this podcast. And I just want to say appreciate you guys for all your hard work and effort. That's all the time you have today. Uh, again, I just want to thank Alfred for joining us today and to discuss the importance of little L's leaders and how to lead from behind. If you want to find more exclusive membership content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy, enterprise, and teams, and practice management, please click and search uh, ASHP's website. Alfred, thank you again for joining us. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the at ASHP official podcast. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. 
If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.